Of all the non-roster invitees at spring training for the Mets this year, which one stands the best chance to make the roster? I'll break it all down on today's show. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, we are looking at all the non-roster invitees at spring training this year and who stands the best chance to make the team. In the first segment, I'll go through catchers and infielders. In the second segment, we'll look at outfielders and starting pitchers. And then we'll close the show looking at if any of the non-roster invitees can crack the opening day bullpen. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm Harold Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on X at Finkelstein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers who join today. We'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Now, spring training is here, and soon enough, Grapefruit League action will begin, and there will be a player or two who are not currently on the Mets roster that are going to stand out. It happens every year. There's always that player that's hitting 450 or the pitcher that has made six appearances in the Grapefruit League without allowing a run or even a hit. And all of a sudden, there starts to be momentum. Maybe this non-roster invitee can actually break camp. We saw it in 2021 with Travis Jankowski. We saw it last year with Tim LaCastro. This can happen. So I wanted to spend some time today to go through all the non-roster invitees and also some guys that are at the back end of the 40. We'll touch on as well. Talk about who can make this team. So let's start in the dirt with catchers and infielders. We begin with the backstops. So... Of course, Francisco Alvarez, Omar Narvaez are supposed to be the two catchers that make the opening day roster. But let's just say there's an injury. Here are the guys that are in camp. You have Austin Allen, Tomas Nito, Hayden Sanger, and Kevin Parada. Now, Austin Allen was picked up this offseason on a minor league deal. He hit 23 home runs in 91 games in AAA last year with the Marlins, so has some pop in his bat. I think he's pretty unlikely to make the team, but hey, he goes out there, hits a bunch of home runs, Narvaez gets hurt. You never know. Also, of course, there's Tomas Nito, which I think is the most likely probably of any non-roster invitee to make this team. Maybe the Mets want to go three catchers. I doubt it, but that is a possibility. More likely, though, if something happened to one of the other two, Nito is the guy in waiting. Because no one claimed him last year on waivers and he passed through and accepted an assignment now with the Mets, he's just sort of on this major league contract, but on a minor league deal with the Mets. So, it's really great flexibility for them. It gives them a fantastic option in Triple S Syracuse, probably the starting catcher there until the Mets need him. And, and at some point this year, I'm sure I'm sure we will see uh, Nito again. Hayden Sanger, he has been in the Mets organization for some time now. He's a guy that I wouldn't be surprised, and this is just my own thoughts, and this is not like I'm hearing anything. But he's one of these guys that's such a good defensive catcher that has been in the organization for such a long time. And you wonder if he ends up being like a bullpen catcher 
in the future because he's not a great hitter. 687 OPS in the minor leagues. Um, don't know if he'll ever get to the point with his bat where he will be a big league catcher, though the glove is good enough that, hey, he might just be able to carve out a, a big league career. We've seen other guys be able to have big league careers without the bat. I mean, look at Austin Hedges, Martin Maldonado. Uh, there's a lot of guys that as catchers can find their way on a big league roster, but the bat has been really bad in the minor league. So I don't know if we'll ever see him, but he's in camp. He's invited and he's made his way through. He's probably going to be in double A this year. I would imagine again, because if you have Austin Allen and Tomas Nito, those will probably be your Syracuse catchers, but Hey, you never know. Kevin Parada is of course the catcher that most fans will be interested in this spring training. Be great to see him get some action in the Grapefruit League, see how he does. It's really a big year in his development. And I actually want to do a podcast um, this week. It might be tomorrow's show. Actually, we'll, we'll just call it now. That will be tomorrow's show. Looking at Kevin Parada, Alex Ramirez, and Matt Allen, three prospects that are really at a not quite make or break point, but a really pivotal season um, in their development. Parada, he, he needs to have a big year. His first full season was not great last year in the minor leagues. Um, he didn't hit particularly well, did make it up to double A, but did not fare well in those 14 games in double A, and then had a really bad Arizona Fall League on top of it. So, uh, you know, he's a highly regarded prospect. He was drafted in the first round. He's supposed to be a great bat first catcher, with the defense being the thing that would, you know, follow um, behind the bat, but the bat hasn't quite been there. So he needs to hit because if nothing else, he could be a trade asset for the Mets, but not if he puts up the same numbers he had last year. I would not expect, of course, though, that he's going to make the team. He'll be starting in, in double-A and will probably be there for a majority of this season um, unless he just tears the cover off the ball and earns a promotion up to triple. Now let's move over to the infielders. You got Rylan Banyan, you have Jose Iglesias, Yolmer Sanchez, and Jet Williams. Banyan has played seven games in the big leagues. He was an eighth-round pick by the Dodgers in 2017. He was with the Astros last year, and the reason why I note that is that Chris Gross came to the Mets in November. He was you know, head of scouting over at the Astros. And where was Banyan last year? He was with the Astros, like I mentioned. And in December, he signs with the Mets. So I imagine Gross likes Banyan. That's probably why he's in the organization now. He had pretty decent numbers in AAA last year. Hit 241, 360 on base, 449 slug. That was in 95 games. Did hit 18 home runs. He is good third base depth for the Mets. Uh, not saying that we'll see him on opening day, but imagine he's starting in third base or at third base in, in Syracuse this year. And if things aren't working out at the big league level, you never know. We might see Banyan come up. Jose Iglesias has got a name that I think a lot of you might recall or, or know of. Over a thousand big league games played. Uh, typically, was a guy that hit for a high average and played a good defensive shortstop. He last played in 2022 when he hit 292 for the Rockies. But last year did not make it up to the big leagues at all, though he did hit 317 in some limited time playing in AAA. He is 34 years old. So a guy that you might see a cameo of this year, but don't expect too much. Yolmer Sanchez, similar build, not quite as good of a career as Iglesias has had. He's played in you know, over 600 games, had a nice year with the White Sox in 2019, but overall has been pretty lackluster throughout his career. Uh, he has only played 29 games in the big league since 2020 had a 731 OPS last year in AAA, So not great numbers. He is only 31 years old. Again, a guy that can play all over the infield that we might see this year, but I would not expect him to do much more than just fill in for an injury. Jet Williams is the one we're most excited about. I've spent 
plenty of time this offseason talking about Jet. And similar to last year when you got to see Ronnie Mauricio get into a bunch of games early on in spring, I think you'll see the same thing with Jet. It's not going to make the team, but I think he is out there to, to really make a name for himself. And we'll see how he fares in those Grapefruit League games. But even more importantly, it's how he's working on the backfields, what he looks like in drills. He's out there to make an impression on the major league coaching staff. And there is an absolute chance that we see Jet Williams in the latter half of 2024. I would not count this kid out, even though he's, I don't know if he's turned 20 years old yet, or he will this season. Regardless, this is his age 20 season. He made it up to double A as a 19 year old. And I just think he's the best prospect in this system right now. Um, It's either him or Drew Gilbert. And It'll be exciting to watch him play. Now, a couple other names to note. Luis Angel Acuna, you might wonder, why didn't I mention him? He's on the 40-man roster already. Um, and we've spoken about him plenty in, in recent weeks. Zach Short, also on the 40-man roster, but he fits into a similar bucket as a lot of these guys that we talked about. Iglesias, Sanchez, Banyan, guys that can you know, cover a bunch of different positions on the infield that will be fighting it out potentially for the last spot on the bench. But Zach Short's on the 40. So he's got the inside track over all those guys, although I really doubt he's going to make the team. Last year he had a 631 OPS in the big leagues, but he did play 112 games in the big leagues, which you can't say about any of those guys I mentioned. So we'll see how Zach Short ends up doing. Uh, I think the way he makes the team is if Joey Wendell gets nicked up in camp, something like that, uh, where they need another infielder. Otherwise, I imagine they try to pass him through waivers at the end of spring training. All right, most likely player, from the dirt, that's a non-roster invitee that will make the team. It's Tomas Nito. Zach Short, again, inside track, but he's on the roster. So Tomas Nito is the guy of all those players that I think is the most likely to make the team. Although I think a secondary person that I put into that mix would be Ryland Banyan. We'll see, though, how spring training breaks for all of those guys. Next, we're going to talk about the players out in the grass in the outfield, as well as the starting pitchers. We've been invited to camp. We'll go through all of them in just a minute. First, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. It's $150 if your bet wins. You can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Also, it's MLB season coming up, so you can look into MLB futures. You want to bet on the Mets to make the playoffs or win the division or bet on Francisco Lindor to win the MVP. You can find all of that at FanDuel. And again, remember, you place your $5 bet. If it wins, you're going to get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Now, the most recent signing the Mets have made is Ben Gamble on a minor league deal with an invite to spring training. This happened just a few days ago. David Stearns is bringing back a guy he's familiar with from his time in Milwaukee. Gamble played for him in 2019 and 2020. He had his best career year in 2021 with the Pittsburgh Pirates when he had a 751 OPS, but that dropped off to a 693 OPS in 2022, and he only appeared in six big league games last year. The good thing, though, is in AAA, he dominated. 
He hit a 286, 402 on base, 498 slug. That's a 900 OPS, and he had 13 home runs in 77 games played. So at least he showed he is better than the AAA competition. It's just a question of if he's a 4A player or if he's a guy that can resume a big league career with the Mets this year. He is a left-handed outfielder, so that gives him a different complement to a sort of right-handed heavy outfield the Mets have right now. Obviously, Nemo bats left-handed, but you have Starling Marte, Tyrone Taylor, and Harrison Bader that are all righties. DJ Stewart is a lefty as well, so that's maybe the guy that Gamble's competing with in camp right now to try to edge out Stewart for a job. I don't know if he'll get it, but that is some type of a profile that the Mets have been able to um, you know, bring aboard from a non-roster invitee in the past, that, that fourth outfielder type. Uh, but I guess the difference between Gamble compared to guys like Jankowski and Tim LeCastro, he's not really a burner, and he's not a great defender in the outfield like those two guys were. So when you're looking at a bench outfielder, he doesn't really have that. But, hey, if he comes into camp and he really hits, he might just find his way on the roster. Trace Thompson, another non-roster invitee who has some potential here. Okay, uh, Gamble, I should have mentioned, is 31. Thompson is 32. These guys have played in the Bay Leagues in recent years. Last year, not a good one for Thompson. 579 OPS. In 2022, though, he had a great season with the Dodgers. In 74 games played in L.A., he hit 268, 364 on base, 537 slug with 13 home runs, and a 901 OPS. That's a 901 OPS in the big leagues, not in AAA like Gamble had. Um, but he's a year removed from it. He is also a, a solid defender in the outfield, a better defender than Gamble is. Six career defensive runs saved out there. So I, I think Thompson is a guy that absolutely could make this team if he hits really well in spring. And again, it would be in place of someone like a DJ Stewart, potentially. Or let's just say if Tyrone Taylor had an, a miserable camp, maybe. I just doubt that the Mets would want to give up a guy with that much control um, with that much pop in his bat and, and the defensive ability, probably not. But if there's an injury, there you go. Thompson could find his way on the roster. Uh, then you have Taylor Calwee. Now, he's 29 years old. Not entirely sure if I pronounced his name correct. But he is a really interesting profile because he's not a high draft pick. He's drafted in the you know 20, 20th round somewhere, a late round draft pick. Uh, but the guy just hits in the minor leagues. He's a career 282 hitter with a 371 on base and a 418 slug. Doesn't have a ton of power, but he hits and he gets on base. Last year, he hit 276 with a 390 on base percentage, a 437 slug, popped 12 home runs, stole 15 bases, and an 827 OPS. He made his big league debut, uh, but played just five games. It'll be interesting to see if Cowley can show out a little bit in spring training. Um, more, most likely, you're just going to see him in Syracuse this year, but I think those three outfielders are really nice depth for the Mets to have. You, know, you look at a team that already has some good depth in the outfield, but does have some real injury risk with Harrison Bader and Starling Marte. And Nemo has has kind of put to bed that injury-prone label, but it is still in the past somewhere. So to, to have three guys that have some pretty nice numbers in recent years, most of it in the minor leagues, but, I mean, for Thompson – a really good uh, season in the big leagues. I think that's really quality depth that they have. And then that's not even mentioning the guy that I'm highest on, of course, when it comes to the outfield. And that's Drew Gilbert. We're not going to see him on opening day. He'll be in triple S Syracuse, but if he has you know, a good start to the season and the Mets are struggling in the outfield, 
Don't be surprised if they call in their top prospect to come up and fill a big need. Interesting thing, though, is Alex Ramirez is a top prospect. We'll talk about him more tomorrow. Who's on the 40-man roster. I still don't get it, and we'll talk about that more again on that show because after a really bad season last year, it's not quite make or break, but it is getting there with Ramirez. He really needs to bounce back in a serious way to maintain that top prospect status if he even still has it. Starting pitchers. These are guys that won't make the team, but interesting to note who got invited to camp. You got Christian Scott, Mike Vassell, and Dominic Hamill. Tyler Stewart was not invited to big league camp. Um, neither was Joander Suarez. So it shows you the, the hierarchy there, the pecking order. These are the three guys that are pretty much the consensus top prospects in the Mets farm system right now when you're talking about pitchers. Blade Tidwell, certainly um, in that mix as well. I, I would consider him above Dominic Hamill, potentially even above Mike Vassell right now when it comes to prospect status, but he's further away. So for Scott Vassell Hamill, these are three top prospects that we absolutely could see this season. Christian Scott is the one that has skyrocketed up prospect boards. You were listening to Locked On Mets last year. I was high on Christian Scott prior to the season, and then he had a breakout. So it's been really gratifying to see what he's been able to do. Um, you know, he's now kind of the consensus top pitching prospect in the system. So he's got a lot of really exciting um Buzz right now, I would say. The one issue is he hasn't thrown a lot of innings. So even if we do see him this year, I think the Mets are going to put him in bubble wrap a little bit coming out of the gate. Uh, not to say he won't pitch from jump, but you know, maybe you limit his innings early on. You you ramp him up slowly and uh, see if he can provide an impact at some point midseason. Mike Vassell, more stretched out. Um, again, not on the 40 man roster That's the whole point of the show today, but someone I think could be added to the 40, um, fairly early on if the Mets needed an arm. And I think he's the most ready in that sense, just because he has the innings under his belt and he spent a fair amount of time in triple a Dominic Campbell spent all of last year in double a, but a guy that we could absolutely see up at some point this season. Now in the final segment, we're going to be looking at bullpen arms. These are the guys that probably had the best fighting chance to make the roster and there are a lot of them. So I'll break down all of the non-roster invitees for the pen in just a minute. First, though, another word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. What I love about Game Time is you can open the app and you can pull up the events near you. So if you got nothing to do over the weekend and you just want to go and, and get out of the house and go to something fun, you can look at, oh, there's this comedy show or a concert. Oh, I can go to an NBA game. And you can see the lowest ticket price available for that event so you know how much it'll take you to just get into the gate. And the best part about Game Time, it's the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. There's all-in prices up front so you'll know the total and you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, you're all set. And Game Time has deals with tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts, which makes it the place to go for last-minute tickets. You can take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time by downloading the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On. You're going to get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code Locked On for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed. 
Now, when David Stearns was asked about the position battles in camp, he said there could be a couple of spots open in the bullpen, and that is where all those non-roster invitees that he's been signing throughout the offseason could come into play. Who will break camp with the club, if any? We start with Austin Adams, who was initially on a split contract, but he ended up having to get passed through waivers once they signed. I don't remember if it was Jake Diekman or Shintaro Fujinami. Regardless, he was on the 40. Now he's not. Uh, but he could always get added back if he has a big spring. A guy that throws nothing but sliders had a 4.10 ERA a couple years ago, uh, but last year a 5.71 ERA in 24 appearances. So not a great season. We'll see if he can bounce back. Now that he's off to 40, I imagine it'll probably stay that way at the beginning of the season. Nate Lavender is the guy I'm most interested in. He's a 24-year-old left-handed reliever. This is a prospect. The Mets drafted him in the 14th round in 2021. He has a career 2-3-2 ERA and 108 and two-third innings pitched in the minor leagues. Between low A and high A in 2022, he had a 1-7-0 ERA and 47 and two-third innings pitched. Last year, he had a 1-7-4 ERA in double A. That was an ten and a third innings pitched. Went to triple A, pitched to a 3.27 ERA, which is good in that league. That league is very hitter friendly. That was in 44 innings. He had 67 strikeouts in those 44 innings. He struck out 35.1% of the batters he faced. This is a really good prospect as far as a potential reliever that could have full control or that the Mets do have full control over if he can you know, make a big league impact and stick on a big league roster. So a guy to really note and to keep an eye on. Don't think he'll make the team that they signed Diekman as well as having Rayleigh, but a lefty that could be waiting in the wings in AAA that I think we will see at some point this season. Kyle Crick had a quad strain, I believe is what David Stern said. So he's going to be out for most of spring. Um, a guy they'll have in Syracuse. We'll talk about him if he you know, stands out at all there throughout the year. Eric Ors is another guy that the Mets drafted fifth round, I believe in 2020. Uh, he has a, or had a 3.08 ERA in 2021. We sort of burst onto the scene, jumped a bunch of levels. I believe he was already up in AAA in 2021, but he's basically spent the last two years parked in AAA and has not had good numbers. ERA is over five each year. He did have 81 strikeouts and 61 innings pitched last year, but also had 41 walks. So he's got to cut down on the walks. Um, does have good stuff. Don't know if we'll see him this year. Cam Robinson. This is a guy that was drafted by David Stearns back in 2017 in the 23rd round out of high school. Uh, he has a career 4.970 ERA, a lot of strikeouts, but also a lot of walks. Guy that the Brewers finally gave up on and Stearns grabbed his old draft pick. Yaxel Rios. Guy had a 37.8 ERA last year because he gave up seven runs in an inning and two thirds in the big leagues. But in AAA, he had a 2.49 ERA in 25 and a third innings pitched. So an interesting option. Um, not one that's high up on my list, but you never know. Chad Smith, 28-year-old reliever, career 7.11 ERA in the big leagues. ERA in AAA last year was over seven as well. Cole Sulser was great in 2021 for the Baltimore Orioles, had a 2.70 ERA and over 60 innings pitched, has not been good since then. Danny Young, 29-year-old lefty, made eight appearances with the Braves last year, allowed just one earned run. And AAA, he had a 6.32 ERA, though, in 16 appearances. So his limited action with the Atlanta Braves went great. In Gwinnett, not so good. Another option, but probably not likely to make the team. If you look at the Mets bullpen right now, they have Edwin Diaz, Adam Montevino, Brooks Raley, Jake Diekman, Drew Smith, and Jorge Lopez as locks in my eyes. That's six relievers. 
Now, that could be an injury to open the door for somebody else, but if not, you're sitting with a pretty full bullpen. You might have a six-man rotation. Does that happen on opening day? We don't know. But if it does, you only have one spot available, and that's not even mentioning Shintaro Fujinami or Michael Tonkin. Now, both of them are on the 40. Fujinami, major league deal, but one that had a minor league option um, baked into it. So he could be sent down. Tonkin on a split contract. Pitched really well last year with the Braves, but could absolutely be sent um, down to the minor leagues. So there's optionality with those two. You have Sean Reed Foley and Phil Bickford. Bickford, of course, won his arbitration case against the Mets for like 900K instead of 800K, something along those lines. We'll see if they can make the team. We're familiar with them from the last couple of years here. Um, well, Bickford would last year. Sean Reed Foley has just been around for the last few years. But I don't know if either of them is going to make the squad. You have Max Kranick, who I think the Mets are pretty high on. They picked him up off waivers. No options there. Former starting pitcher coming off an injury. He's trying to make a transition to the bullpen. Apparently throws pretty hard, so that is definitely a name to watch in camp. Johan Ramirez also has no options. 399 career ERA. Been in big league bullpens every year since 2020, so plenty of experience. Those are the guys that are most likely to grab a spot from a Fujinami or a Tonkin. But I look at Nate Lavender, you know, Eric Ors, you know, Austin Adams, any of these guys that they have a standout camp, you never know. They might just make the team. Ultimately, the exciting thing about non-roster invitees is you really never know what's going to happen. For a, a majority of them, they're just going to fill the gaps in Grapefruit League action, and they'll be in Syracuse throughout the year. We may or may not ever see them again. For others, though, they'll stand out, and it's usually the guys we're not expecting. So maybe it's a Cam Robinson that just has a great camp out of nowhere, or um, you know, the infield, maybe Ryland Banyan, or in the outfield, Trace Thompson or Ben Gamble. And they're just tearing the cover off the ball for whatever reason. And they just grab a job. We have seen it in the past. So I think the Mets have done a nice job adding options this offseason, getting plenty of depth. And we'll see if any of that depth ends up finding its way onto the roster. If I had to guess the most likely candidate to make this team, it's Tomas Nito, I think, because you know, backup catcher, it, it's a position with a lot of um, you know injury risk, of course, especially when you look at Omar Nervais at his age. He got hurt last year. That opened the door for Francisco Alvarez. So that alone just makes me think, okay, Nito's got a decent shot. Not to mention, who knows? Maybe there's an injury for another team and Omar Nervais gets traded. We could see that as well, where all of a sudden Tomas Nito makes the team or Nito could get traded for that matter. So I think Nito of all of these guys, has probably the best chance to be in the big leagues. I think he's proven for the most part, despite the bat, that he's a big league catcher defensively, and those guys typically find their way to jobs. Um, but of all the names mentioned there, I think Ryland Banyan is really interesting at third base. I think Gamble and Thompson have plenty of promise in the outfield to make a cameo at some point this season, whether that's an opening day or at some point mid-year. And when it comes to the relievers, the name that I'm most interested in is Nate Lavender, uh, but that's sort of a prospect. I mean, he's not going to be considered you know, like a top 30 prospect. I don't think. I think I'd really have to get into the weeds on that to decide if he does make the cut because ultimately it's a relief pitcher. But there is a chance the Mets could have developed a lefty here that could be in their bullpen for a long time. So that's someone that I'm excited to watch pitch in, in great for league action. And you never know what happens. We might see him at some point this season. Anyway, that's going to be all for today's edition of Locked on Mets. As I alluded to earlier in the show, 
Tomorrow, I want to talk about some prospects that are kind of volatile at this point who are at a stage in their careers where they need to have a big season to maintain that top prospect status. We're talking about Alex Ramirez, Kevin Parada, and Matt Allen. Have we seen him? Is he going to pitch? We'll find out. But regardless, if you want to make sure you don't miss that show and you're listening today, make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Trying to make a push to 8,000 subs by opening day. We're getting dangerously close to 100 away. So really appreciate all of you hit that subscribe as we try to meet that goal. If you want to follow me on X, you can do so at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked On Mets. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Now for your second watch, head over to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube, the first ever 24-7 streaming channel covering everything in the world of sports with our local experts from each team and our league-wide experts from each league. You find Locked On Sports Today streaming 24-7 on YouTube.